Shalom Aleichem, Mishnah Yomi continues in chapter 1 of Megillah, Mishnah 7, Mishnah Zion, continuing the famous Ein Bain, comparing different aspects of Halakha. Ein Bain Zov, Haroe Shteirayot. There's no difference between a Zov. Now, a Zov is the technical term for a man who had an abnormal emission. Le Roe Shalosh, one who saw three. So if a man saw two on two consecutive days, or two on the same day, so he has to count Shiva Nikim, a concept might be familiar from Hilchot of Nida. We have a, a similar concept by Nida. He has to have seven clean days without an emission before he can go to the mikvah and come Tahar. Uh, but someone who saw three times, Ella Karban. There's a difference. He has to bring a Karban before he becomes completely uh, normal again and able to go to the temple and partake in sacrificial offerings. We're going to see these laws in detail when we get to Zava in a couple of years. Ein bein Mitsura Muskar, the Mitsura Mukhalat, there's no difference between a Mitsura. This is a man afflicted with Tsarat, which is a skin blemishes, which are sometimes compared to but are not the same as leprosy. So Mitsura Muskar is one in quarantine. Now the Torah explains in uh, Vayikra chapter 13, if someone had a certain blemish or a sign or a skin discoloration, they would be examined, and then they'd be quarantined for a week to see if it spread, or if uh, healthy skin uh, sprouted in the middle, or hair sprouted. There's different signs that would confirm or deny a actual tzarat infection, and that's a mukhlat. Once they've had the quarantine and been confirmed to be affected by this spiritual disease, then they are metzora mukhlat. So let's between a muskar and a mukhlat, a quarantined versus confirmed. Ela prima, priya ufrima. Pria is letting the hair grow, which is a sort of a sign of mourning or tuma, and prima is ripping the clothing. The Mishnah concludes, Ein bein tahar mitochezger. There isn't a difference between a mitsura who was, uh, he was told he was tahor now, he was not affected, when he was hezger in quarantine, latar mitochechlet, to one who was actually confirmed a mitsura, and then uh, later became purified, lost the signs, the, uh, the, the, the patches. Ela tiglochot tziporim. difference is the haircut and the birds, meaning they both have to go to the mikvah to achieve ritual purity, but the mitzora muchlat, the one who was confirmed as a mitzora with the full uh, laws of mitzora on him, then has to do this ritual in the temple involving a haircut of all of his hair and bringing two birds as an offering. On to Mishnah 8. Ein bein sfarim. There's no difference between books, books of scripture, Tanakh, letfilin umezuzot, to tfilin, which also contain parchment with Shema in it, and mezuzot, which also contain parts of the Torah. Elisha sfarim nechtavin b'choloshon. But books of the Tanakh can be written in any language. Not everyone understands Hebrew, but every Jew has an obligation to learn Torah. So learning it in translation does work. Utfilin and mezuzot, but tfilin, your phylacteries and your mezuzot on your door, they're only written in Ashurit script, meaning in Hebrew, in Hebrew letters, not in Hebrew, but transliterated into English or anything else. And the, the Mishnah brings a divergent opinion about translating books of scripture. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Af Besfarim, even on holy books, Lo hitziru, they only allowed that they be written only in Greek. He says the only allowable language other than Hebrew was Greek. 
Now, practically, many people of the time were fluent in Greek and not as many, perhaps, were fluent in Hebrew. But there's also a Pusik way back in Bereshis chapter 9 when Noah gives a blessing to the two sons that covered him. And he says, Yoft Elohim Leyefet. Hashem should grant beauty to his son Yefet, and he can dwell in the tents of shame. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you should invite Greek people into your house. If they're Jewish, of course, that makes sense. What it means is the Greek language, which is the Yofe of Yefet, the most beautiful language among the descendants of Yefet, should be in the tents, meaning the study halls. Uh, which refers to our, our shuls, our study halls, could be in the, the tents of shame of the Jewish people. Now, the Rav Bar brings the halacha is like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, so they only originally allowed translating uh, scripture into ancient Greek. But he says, interestingly, that says the Greek people don't speak the same Greek anymore, that ancient Greek has already been corrupted and changed. He says, we only really use Hebrew. As we mentioned, obviously, if people need to learn Torah in, in translation, they need to learn Torah in translation. The most important thing is the learning of Torah, even though, yes, things do get lost in translation. The Rambam also brings uh, in Hilchot Tfilin, chapter 1, Halacha 19, that the Greek of his day, and that's over 900 years ago, was not the same as the original ancient Greek that was called a beautiful and pure language of Yefet. Now, the Gemara in Megillah on page 9 talks about the Septuagint. Septuagint is Greek for 70. What happened was Ptolemy was the king of Egypt, took over from Alexander the Great, and there were a lot of Jews living in Egypt. He was curious about Jewish scripture, so he had 70 rabbis locked into 70 different rooms and told them all to translate the Bible. Now, with Siata Deshmaya, with heavenly help, they made the exact same translation with the exact same changes. They actually changed some of the words uh, when they translated from Hebrew to Greek quite on purpose. One of the changes was the word arnevet, meaning uh, some kind of bunny. They changed to the short-legged wild animal because the name of Ptolemy's wife was arnevet, and he would think that the Jews are making fun of him by putting his wife's name in the Torah as an impure animal. So first of all, we see it's very important to be sensitive to the feelings of other people, especially if he's the king at the time and obviously had a great deal of pride and power and sensitivity. You have to be careful. You don't want to step on people's feet. And it was also considered to be not a positive thing that the Torah was translated into Greek. It was considered, you know, our sages knew something is lost in translation and that if you can, it's really better to study in the original. It's important to note the Targum Onkelos, the Aramaic translation, was actually approved by the ancient sages 2,000 years ago. Uncleus himself was a convert from, he used to be a Roman, uh, Roman nobility, he became Jewish, and that translation was not just made up, but it was based on a more ancient Masora from Shmaya and Avtalion. So the Targum Onkelus is considered to be uh, authoritative and based on ancient sources in Masora, whereas the Greek one is considered to be sort of something that had to be done so the powers that be would not harm the Jews. Yeshua and be well.